Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and this is episode number 13 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's podcast episode, we're going to be getting a little bit closer to the name of our podcast, the Imagineer Podcast, and talking about a particular type of attraction that was designed by Walt Disney Imagineering. And that type of attraction is what we call an EMV attraction or an enhanced motion vehicle dark ride. For those of you who might not know what that is, the two popular attractions you might know in the Disney parks in the U.S. are Indiana Jones Adventure over at Disneyland California and Dinosaur or previously Countdown to Extinction over at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Walt Disney World. We'll talk a little bit about how the idea for an EMV was created by Walt Disney Imagineering. We'll talk a little bit about Indiana Jones Adventure and we'll talk about Dinosaur over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And of course, none of these podcasts would be complete without some audio to take you along with me for a journey, a ride on these attractions. So I'll be sure to take you along with me for a ride on Indiana Jones Adventure at Disneyland and Dinosaur at Animal Kingdom. Well, to come back at the end of the show, I'll tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with the Imagineer podcast on all of our social media channels and how you can help to create and inspire the future of this show. So grab some headphones, pull up your favorite armchair, and enjoy this week's episode of the Imagineer podcast. If you were a fan of the Disney parks, and in particular a fan of Walt Disney Imagineering, you may have heard the name Tony Baxter. He is an Imagineering legend who has worked on countless e-ticket attractions over at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. In fact, one of the first projects that he worked on as a supervisor, as a lead for Walt Disney Imagineering was Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, where he worked with his mentor, Claude Coates, who many of you may know from the old classic Disney attractions, especially the Haunted Mansion. Uh, So he worked with him to design Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. He also worked on a lot of the attractions on the remodeling of Fantasyland. He was was a designer for Splash Mountain, the uh, Finding Nemo submarine voyage, and many other attractions and parts of both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And in the early 90s, Tony Baxter was tasked with the challenge of trying to create an Indiana Jones-themed attraction over at Disneyland. And in thinking about that problem, one of the ideas that he came up with was this idea of a motion simulator-based attraction that would move in a way similar to a dark ride over at Fantasyland, although of course a little bit more of a faster attraction. And really it was thinking about how can we really simulate what is it like to ride through an old abandoned temple on an attraction like Indiana Jones to really live up to that hype of the thrill and adventure of the Indiana Jones movies. So he came up with this idea of what is called an enhanced motion vehicle, or as what many Disney fans call it by its acronym, an EMV. The first time that this type of ride was designed and revealed to the public was with Indiana Jones Adventure in 1995. The premise for this type of vehicle is combining a motion simulator and a vehicle that would move through live scenes as opposed to a traditional motion simulator which is really all virtual similar to Star Tours. Patents were created for this particular type of attraction and the Imagineering team got to work on designing Indiana Jones Adventure. Although I'm not 
an engineer by practice, I can tell you that the way that the vehicle works is a combination of hydraulics, which move the top layer of the vehicle and kind of bucks you around as if you're on a bull and it can provide a many different ranges of motion. It can move you up and down. It can sway you to the left or to the right or backwards or forwards and gives you that illusion that you are riding over dirt or over rocks or going downstairs and doing a whole different combination of uh, things that simulate what the theme of the attraction really is. But that being said, the vehicle itself, the bottom half, is completely stationary, except for the fact that it is moving along a track. And that part of the ride is moving very similar to what you would see on Test Track or Radiator Springs Racers. It has that slot in the middle that, uh, you know, the, the car follows along the track to take guests through the show building of Indiana Jones Adventure and later through the show building of Dinosaur. So the bottom half of the vehicle controls where the vehicle is moving actually along the track. But then again, that top half of the vehicle is where the hydraulics take place and that is where you get that bucking sensation and you're simulated going through, again, either over rocks or over dirt or over cobblestones or various different degrees of uh, ways that the vehicle can simulate different types of experiences that something like a Jeep might experience while driving off-road. So as I mentioned before, the first attraction to utilize the EMV system was Indiana Jones Adventure over at Disneyland. And so I wanted to provide you with just a few fun facts, things you might find to be interesting about this attraction, and tell you a little bit more about the story of Indiana Jones Adventure. The first of which is how and where it was built. Because as you know, Disneyland is a relatively small park, so they needed to find a space to place this attraction. They decided, of course, because of the theme, it was going to go an adventure lands, but the problem was where to fit it. They had to look beyond the berm, beyond the railroad, to the Eeyore parking lot, and that is where they decided to build the show building for this attraction. But then another challenge arose, which was how are they going to get guests from Adventureland a quarter mile away to that Eeyore cast parking lot? The solution was to design this intricate queue that would transition guests from Adventureland into the show building for the attraction, which had two purposes. One, of course, is functional, to carry guests to that location. The second of which is to provide guests with that transition and story from Adventureland into the Indiana Jones Adventure attraction and storyline. So the Imagineers, of course, designed that quarter-mile-long queue that would take guests under the Disneyland Railroad and then back up into the show building on the other side of the berm. So as you're walking through the queue, you might notice that you begin, after you go up to the temple, you begin by descending, and that is actually taking you functionally below the Disneyland Railroad, which when you get to the bottommost point, just before you enter the caves, that is where the Disneyland Railroad goes overhead. And then it's the same story coming back in reverse for the exit queue. Once you exit the attraction, you go down first, and then around the same point as you're going uh, next to the standby line, you then start going back uphill towards Adventureland and the main level of the park. The other thing you might find interesting about this attraction is the storyline. And in fact, there are two storylines of this attraction that happen to converge as one as you continue through the queue and onto the ride's vehicle. And then, of course, journey throughout the attraction. And the first storyline that is portrayed is of that of Indiana Jones, who has discovered this old, ancient temple in this lost river delta in India. And as we know, he has come across the legendary idol that is known as Mara in this temple. And Mara, as we discover, has presented anyone who visits one of three possible gifts. You can either get wealth, knowledge of the future, or eternal life and eternal youth. So Indiana Jones has discovered this temple, and at some point, as we hear from Sala as we go throughout this traction, at some point, Indy has disappeared in the temple. Sala has no idea where he is, he's lost communication with him, and there's no way to get in touch with him. So that leaves a rather foreboding tale about whether or not we should even journey into this temple. Alongside that storyline, we have a second storyline which kind of emerges from that, where all of these tourists from around the world have heard these tales from Indiana Jones discovering this temple and have decided for themselves that they want to journey 
to this temple to claim one of those three prizes from Mara, whether that be wealth or knowledge of the future or eternal youth. So, you have all of these tourists flocking to this temple in India, and that's why when you enter the queue, those other guests that you see in the park are supposed to represent those tourists, and then you yourself have to make that decision as to whether or not you would also like to journey through the temple, board one of these jeeps, and go through the temple to try to find Mara and decide whether or not Mara is actually going to be a uh, friendly idol and present you with these gifts, or... The flip side of that, perhaps the reason why India is lost is because something terrible has happened. And so that presents a rather interesting choice as to whether or not you want to journey into this temple. So I love how those details are portrayed as you continue through the queue, as you then journey onto the attraction and go through this adventure. And the last thing I want to share with you is some of the special effects that you encounter throughout the ride, which really portray why the EMV is such a cool attraction and why Indiana Jones Adventure is such an amazing ride. And the first of which is after you board, you are presented with those three choices and three possible rooms to enter either the Chamber of Wealth, the Chamber of Knowledge, or the Chamber of Eternal Youth. And from your perspective, as you enter that initial, that room where you have those three doors in front of you, if you ride it multiple times, you might notice you go through the left door, the middle door, or the right door. But how does that accomplish that goal? Because if you think about the ride, it has one track. It doesn't split at any point. And to solve that problem, the Imagineers designed the room around the ride where the room actually spins slightly and pivots so that it looks like you're going through a different door. But in reality, you are always going through the same door. But by pivoting the room, changing up the script, changing the lighting, and then changing the interior lighting and design on the spot as the vehicle goes through that chamber, it seems like if you ride at different times, you're actually going through different rooms. I absolutely love that effect. The second effect that I love, and this demonstrates how cool an EMV is, is when you are going and discover that Indiana Jones is there, the next thing you do is you enter this large room. And as you're about to enter that large room, it feels like you're going down a bunch of steps. Now, of course, the EMV vehicle itself within that slot car is just going down this ramp. But the vehicle itself is kind of like bucking up and down as if you're going down these stairs, but um, but um, but um, but um, but um, which is an, again a really it's a small effect, but it's a really cool effect that demonstrates how the EMV can be used in different ways to simulate different experiences. The next thing that I love has to do with the end of the ride. And that is the famous boulder scene. And this is the last one that I wanted to share. So for those of you who have been on the attraction, when you enter that boulder room, you see Andy is hanging uh, from a rope from the ceiling and he's trying to get into the vehicle. And just as he's about to, you see this boulder coming towards you. So the vehicle kind of characteristic of the vehicle is it becomes scared and it feels like the vehicle is trying to, to back up and you feel yourself going into reverse away from Indy. Indy's going away from you forward. And then you dive underneath the boulder going back forward. In reality, this again is an optical illusion because the vehicle never moves backwards. Instead, the entire room around you, including Indy, moves forward, which is one of the coolest tricks in Imagineering. And I'm sure anyone who is listening who has been on that attraction before, you know the first time you rode it, you were convinced you were moving backwards. I myself was convinced I was moving backwards. But uh, if you ride it again, if you're sitting on the side, if you ever look down to your right or to your left, you'll actually notice that vehicle is standing completely still. It is the entire room that's moving around you. But of course, that hydraulic system, the EMV, is going to be bucking so that it feels like and even kind of... Uh, lifts back a little bit so it feels like you are going in reverse before then proceeding down and it's a, again a really a cool effect and demonstrates how amazing an EMV is so again enough of these facts right I hope you learned something interesting but I definitely want to take you along with me for a ride along Indiana Jones Adventure this is one of those binaural experiences so if you are listening uh, with headphones if you're not listening with headphones I would encourage you to go ahead and grab some whether you grab some earbuds or over the ear headphones because that is going to provide you with a 300 and 60 degree audio experience to sound like you are on the attraction with me. So grab those headphones and enjoy this binaural experience, this ride through Indiana Jones Adventure.
So I hope you enjoyed your ride along Indiana Jones adventure. As I said, it is one of those classic Disneyland attractions that just about anybody who rides it ends up loving at the end of the day and wanting to ride again and again and again. Uh, But I want to take you over to the second attraction that was built with an enhanced motion vehicle, an EMV, and that, of course, is Dinosaur over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. It was originally called Countdown to Extinction when it was uh, designed in 1998, uh, and Michael Eisner wanted this ride to originally coincide with the uh, movie, some of you may remember, uh, the CGI movie Dinosaur. Personally, I've never actually seen that movie, and I don't know many people who have, but uh, I think Eisner was uh, counting on the success of that movie and wanted to create an attraction that was themed around that same uh, film. So you will see that you will see the uh, some of the scenes from the actual dinosaur movie incorporated even into the pre-show. And the uh, Iguanodon that you are searching for in the attraction is the main hero character of that movie. Dinosaur, what's really cool about this ride is that it is the exact same track layout as Indiana Jones Adventure. If you've been on both of these attractions, you probably know that. The timing and the actions don't line up exactly with the hydraulics. And of course, the theme is completely different. But the show building and track layout are essentially identical which gave the Imagineers a little bit more efficiency in designing and building this attraction. As I said, though, it is a completely different theme. It takes you back in time to the Cretaceous period, probably a little bit too close to when the asteroid uh, collided with the Earth and had the dinosaurs all go extinct. So maybe not the best idea, uh, Dr. Seeker, but uh, we uh, were taken through what is a museum uh, that's supposed to show what how dinosaurs were originally presented to the public and then talked about this revolutionary vehicle called the time rover which is going to take you back in time so from a story perspective that's kind of the high level that you're going on this journey back in time of course dr marsh who is the proprietor who leads this whole uh experience is wanting you to have a pleasant experience but then Dr. Seeker, who's selfish and wants to figure out the uh, the key to understanding dinosaur species, wants to send you close to the Cretaceous period to find the this one iguanodon that he's uh, tra- he's been tracking. So you then go and you load similar type of style to the uh, two stations, either to the left or to the right, into one of the EMVs, and then of course uh, you're on a mission to find this iguanodon before the asteroid hits. And it wouldn't be a Disney attraction without something chasing you. So uh, without an extra level of excitement. So you do have this uh, Carnotaurus. Originally was supposed to be a T-Rex, but the Imagineers didn't want to completely replicate uh, Jurassic Park over at that other park. But they uh, they did come up with this, uh, this still carnivorous animal similar to T-Rex, uh, more of a general type of dinosaur called a Carnotaurus that would chase you throughout the attraction. So still provides a lot of the same thrills. It's a lot darker than Indiana Jones Adventure. It has some updated special effects. Uh, Many argue Indiana Jones Adventure is better. Uh, For those of you who are listening, uh, definitely let me know what you think, if you like Indiana Jones Adventure more or Dinosaur more. I will tell you one thing, though, that I absolutely love about Dinosaur, and that is the way that the Imagineers gave you this sensation of a really cold feeling as you're approaching dinosaur. So Indiana Jones Adventure is a little bit more of a warmer experience. Sure, there's an element of danger, but in some way you feel uh, excited as you're walking into the temple. Dinosaur is meant to make you feel cold, to make you feel like you don't want to really approach that building. And how they do that is by, number one, secluding it from the rest of Dinoland. It's almost like you have to go and look for it Many guests don't exactly find it right away. You're trying to figure out where is Dinosaur, like I see Dinoland, but how do I get to Dinosaur? So it's meant to look as if it's this old, abandoned, separate, almost evil place that you don't want to go to that's hidden in the forest. So you have to walk and find it. And then when you do approach it, there's nothing there to greet you. Sure, there's a greeter as a cast member, but there's nothing really greeting you there other than a statue of uh, an iguanodon. And even as you're walking through it's old and dead. There's these old dinosaur paintings and this, uh, you know, this dead dinosaurs, dinosaur bones as you walk into the main part of the attraction. The whole experience tells you to stay away. 
And that's one of the things that I love about it is that the Imagineers added these subconscious details to make you want to stay away from the attraction, maybe too far away, but they definitely want to give you this cold, um, abandoned feeling as you are walking toward the attraction. So that's one thing I will say for Dinosaur that I absolutely enjoy about it. Um, And then uh, it's my wife's favorite attraction. She absolutely loves Dinosaur. Um, That's also because she loves dinosaurs. So if you love dinosaurs, this is an amazing ride to go on. Uh, So I want to hear from you, of course, what you love more, Dinosaur Indiana Jones Adventure. Reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or email me and let me know what your thoughts are. But before you do that, I want to take you along with me again for a ride on this attraction. So grab some headphones and enjoy this experience through Dinosaur.
Hi, travelers. Place all loose items in the pouch in front of you. Fasten your seatbelt and remain seated with your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the time rover. And please watch children. Time travel commencing in T minus 10 seconds and counting. This is Seeker. Listen up. We've got to get in, grab the Iguanodon, and get out before that asteroid hits. Let's roll! Okay, now, let's go get that dino. Computer, what are you tracking? Styracosaurus. Not our dino. Warning, meteor shower in range. Just little one. Oleoramus. Hadrosaur. Raptor. Time to get serious. Locking autopilot on homing signal now! Hang on! I'm tracking a big dino on the scope. Could be ours. Computer, full stop. Identify. Carnotaurus. Definitely not our dino. Go, go, go! Another big guy coming up. Computer. Slow and identify. Sauropod. Still not our dino, but at least this one's a vegetarian. We can't stop now. Keep going. Keep going. Compsognathus. Computer, what's happening? Loss of traction. Four-wheel drive. Move it. Warning. Meteor strike. Evasive maneuver. Right. Left. Right. Left. That was close. Computer, now what? Carnotaurus. That's it. Abort mission. Abort. Abort. Iguanodon. Forget it. Get them out now. Asteroid impact. Fight yourself. accomplished. You made it! I knew you would, and guess who made it back with you? I'd better find it before security does. Thanks for everything! Please gather personal belongings from the pouch in front of you, and remain seated until the rover comes to a complete stop. And with that, we close out episode 13 of the Imagineer podcast. I want to thank you so much for listening, for continuing to listen to our show. We are now at approximately 1,500 downloads 
on iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play. So I want to thank you for listening, for subscribing, and for sending in your thoughts on each one of these shows, whether you connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or uh, through email. I have really appreciated and enjoyed reading all of your comments and questions that you've been sending in so far. And I would encourage you to continue to send in those comments, questions, and thoughts, which you can email to imagineyourpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can share with us on Facebook at Imagine Your Podcast, on Instagram at Imagine Your Podcast, or on Twitter at Imagine Your Audio. Uh, and in particular with this week, please do let me know what you think about either one of these attractions. Do you prefer Indiana Jones Adventure or Dinosaur if you've been on both? Which attraction do you enjoy more? If you've only been on one of them, what do you think of either one of these attractions? How does this rank in your list of uh, Disney attractions in terms of favorites? And if you've never been on these attractions, when do you plan to go and which one do you plan to ride first? Again, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or through email. And remember, if you haven't already, to please go ahead and rate and subscribe to our podcast. Every rating, every comment, every subscription really uh, means the world to me. And of course, share out the podcast with your friends on either one of those channels or just let them know if you uh, know of any Disney friends, share them in your Instagram story, share it on Facebook, uh, share the podcast uh, through email or any other means possible. We really appreciate it. And uh, I uh, definitely have been enjoying, as I said, all of those uh, comments and the new subscribers who have uh, recently Uh, been listening to the show or who have been listening to the show since episode one. I really thank you, especially. Uh, As always, I want to uh, thank you for listening. And I want to remind you that if you can dream it, you can do it.